This is purely art. We create magic over here. Huh. From the day that you start training, you take an oath to real life and fantasy. You upholding them both. From the stories being told and all of the lore. And your job is to make the spectators want more. And so you stay in peak condition. Your body's your temple. And perfection is your mission. The physical and mental. Steady tripping, falling, slipping, becoming quick and nimble. Until a lot of things is missing from your set of credentials. From body slams to arm drags and headlocks. To back breakers to suplexes and leg drops. It's real to us from day one. We will never fake it. We learn how to dish it out. We learn how to take it. From figure boys and lyrics to atomic drops to drop kicks and moon salts and ankle locks the feeling is there and we will always act on it don't step into this ring if you don't want your back on it canvas this is purely art and we do it on this canvas if you don't want it then don't step foot on this canvas it's our passion and we spend years on this canvas always leave our blood sweat and tears on this canvas we keep it moving we never pause on this canvas whether we hit rules or applause on this canvas Inside the Indies with me, your host, Tim Farley. As you can see, I'm wearing my Jack Burton tank top, just like Chris Dickinson and CM Punk, if you remember. Um, so, a lot of great wrestling happened this past weekend. Um, we had... Daniel Garcia and Minoru Suzuki headlining No Leaf Clover from West Coast Pro. Uh, Alex Shelley getting the title, the independent wrestling title off of Wheeler Yuta at IWTV Untitled. Uh, there was a big Noah show. There was a big Stardom show. Uh, Davey Richards and Daniel Garcia at Empire State Wrestling. I'm sure there was other, uh, even more, but, um, sorry about the light back there. Trying to block it with my big old head, my big old head, my big old head, my big old head, my big old head. Anyway. Um, but I chose to concentrate on two of the shows that I wanted to see the most called one was impacts. Knockouts, knockdown, and the other one 
is GCW Fight Club. And yes, I know, GCW had two shows. One was called GCW The Aftermath. And I heard great things about that show, especially Janela and Suzuki. But I don't have all the time in the world. I am a very busy dude. Um, So let's get into the show. Impact's Knockout Knockdown. There was a tournament uh, throughout the show that had to, uh, that the winner got a trophy and a future shot at the Impact Knockouts champion. This uh, tournament involved Mercedes Martinez, Tasha Steeles, Jamie Senegal, Renee Michelle, Chelsea Green, Rachel Ellering, Lady Frost. Uh, I think that was it. Um, let's see. That's seven people, so that doesn't make sense, Timmy. Let's go to your notes. Yeah, Lady Frost, Rachel Ellering, Renee, Michelle, Chelsea Green, Brandy Loren was the one that I was forgetting. How could I forget about her? But the show started. This show was basically made for um, Daphne. And there was multiple tributes throughout the show. It started off with this, where all the women were in the ring and all the crew and male wrestlers were outside and they spoke highly of Daphne and of mental health. And it was it was very touching, especially to me, because, um, you know, I was uh, I was in the Instagram live that night. Um, so the first match in the tournament was Lady Frost and Rachel Ellering. Uh, this is a pretty good match. Lady Frost has the gimmick, the look, and the ability to be signed anywhere big right now. And I don't understand why she's not. Maybe she's just still building up her resume. But um, she was fantastic. Um, she showed off a lot of her gymnastic ability against Rachel with whom Rachel showed off her power, of course, because she's a lifter. And I really like Rachel Ellering because she she reminds me a lot of Kylie Ray. Um, and I love Kylie Ray. Uh, this match was pretty good for a first round match. Rachel Ellering won with uh, the Black Hole Slam. They called it something else, but I didn't quite get it. Uh, like I couldn't quite pick up what they said. Um, the second match of the tournament was Renee Michelle against former impact knockouts champion, Chelsea green and Chelsea green was fantastic throughout this tournament. Um, I've never been a real big fan of Chelsea green, but I think this part of her career may change that for me um hold on let me try and fix this light situation that's better right a little bit better so anyway um yeah the second match had renee michelle who i've seen on AEW darks 
against Chelsea Green. And Renee and Chelsea got into a strong lockup where both of them were on the mat, <coughs> on their backs, trying to pin each other. Neither would let go. Renee thought it would be smart to go to the top in, uh, in an attempt to get more leverage, but Chelsea, being the veteran that she is, just slammed her face first down on the mat. Um, Chelsea came in with a casted wrist, and at some point she hit the post, and from there on out, Renee focused on the arm, but that would not be good enough because Chelsea won with a uh, countered a neckbreaker with a headbutt and an unprettier for the win. This was another decent match with a predictable but good outcome. The third match of the tournament was vicious but short. Uh, Brandy Loren, who seemed to be under the spell of Sue Young, uh, against Mercedes Martinez. Um, Brandy got, was very vicious in the beginning, but Mercedes stopped her and hit her with the OG drop. Uh, this set up Rachel versus Mercedes in the semifinals. The next match was Jamie Senegal against Tasha Steeles, and I have a bit of a gripe with this match. Um, Jamie Senegal is very close to Daphne. She even called her her mother, and Tasha Steeles won this match with a crucifix bomb, and I understand that Tasha Steeles is an impact-contracted wrestler, but someone that close to Daphne should have at least got past the first round. Um, you could have put her in against Renee or against uh, Brandy, you know, but they didn't. Uh, Jamie came out with no Pollo Del Mar, which was also kind of sad because we love him. Uh, and also... Jamie didn't get a whole lot of offense in this match. She did a rebound German suplex, and that was pretty cool. But aside from that, you know, two days after watching this, I don't really recall much of her offense. Uh, Tasha was pretty fast and furious. That's that's what I would call Tasha Steeles, actually. Fast and furious. Um, before getting into the semifinals, the next match was the current Impact Knockouts champion and AAA Reina Duray's Reina's champion, Diona Perrazzo, against the Russian Dynamite, Masha Slamovich, as picked by Diona's opponent at Bound for Glory, Mickey James. This match fucking rolled. You should check it out for sure. Uh, Masha and Diona had a test of strength, which started with Masha getting on her knees and only offering one hand because Diona was too... Uh, intimidated by Masha's uh, presence. Um, Masha hit some really nice suplexes. Diona hit like a flatliner and then went straight into a Koji clutch, which was beautiful. Diona ended up winning with a Venus de Milo for the submission win. But after the match, we got to see this. Not that. 
you dummy. Doot, doot. There we go. We actually didn't get to see this, but we saw it on social media. Gail Kim was so impressed with Masha Slamovich that she presented her with an Impact Knockouts contract. And that is awesome because Masha Slamovich deserves it. Masha Slamovich is arguably the top female wrestler on the independent scene. And this only helps establish and keep solidifying that whole idea that the knockouts division is revolutionary. Uh, The more impact picks up younger females who are making waves just makes them stand out even more to me. And I'm very happy about it. The first semifinal match saw Mercedes Martinez face off against Rachel Ellering. Uh, This match was pretty good. Rachel had, there was respect shown. And um, at one point they were on the apron. Martinez hit her with a spear. Um, Rachel and uh, Rachel hit her moves. Martinez hit her moves. There was a fight forever chant, and Rachel shook her head no, which made me laugh. Uh, Rachel went for a Samoan drop type of move, but Mercedes escaped, hit the fisherman buster, and locked in a guillotine choke for the win. <clears throat> Up to this point, this was the best match of the tournament, which it should have been because as the tournament continues, the matches should get better. The last semifinal match was Chelsea Green against Tasha Steeles. Uh, Chelsea has a beautiful Japanese arm drag, and I really like her kicks. Uh, Tasha's attitude is undeniable. Uh, Green used Tasha's force against her and sent her to the outside and hit a suicide dive. She attempted it again, but Tasha stopped it. Uh, Chelsea hit a huge missile, missile drop kick. And the crowd was wild, but Tasha answered with the crucifix bomb, only for Green to kick out and hit an unprettier, but Tasha kicked out. Green took Tasha to the top and went for a avalanche of prettier, but Tasha stayed up and Chelsea landed on her back. Tasha took this as a moment to hit a splash for the win. Now, Chelsea may have won the Battle Royal at NWA in power, but she did not make it past the semifinals of the Impact Knockouts Knockdown Tournament. And, uh, you know, I like the outcome. Green still looked great. But pushing your younger talent in Tasha Steeles is smart, uh, surprising, and welcome. The next thing that happened on this show, Christy Hemi, knockout legend, came to the ring and announced Awesome Kong as the next inductee to the Impact Hall of Fame. (coughs) Kong said she felt very humbled for the honor and got choked up as fans chanted Hall of Famer, and you deserve it. Kong talked about the growth of the knockouts division and put over the division. But she said it's bittersweet because she came to honor Daphne. She said Daphne was the first woman to do Monsters Ball and how Daphne paved the way for so many women in the business. Kong said in any profession, always open the door for the next generation. She ended her speech 
with we love you daphne and we will see you in vegas a fantastic video package played uh featuring various women talking about daphne with clips of her matches then taylor wild spoke about the monsters ball match wild also spoke about daphne donating her brain to science to help change wrestling and how cte is being looked at and treated which is good very good because ct definitely had to do with what happened with daphne next was the monsters ball match between kimberly alicia jordan grace and savannah evans kimberly and alicia alicia really brought the hardcore element in this match uh alicia got kenny and kendra her and her husband's kendo sticks wrapped in barbed wire and used those. Kimberly uh, poured tacks down, but it went against her because Jordan Grace hit her with a muscle buster onto them. Jordan Grace brought chalk down uh, because she's the power lifter, and she brought a weight plate out and ended up doing a variation of the glam slam onto Alicia onto the weight plate. Uh, Savannah Evans was very intimidating. She got some stuff in. Um, Jordan, Jordan, um, I want to see Jordan and Savannah Evans eventually. But what ended up happening in this match, Savannah Evans threw the chalk into Jordan Grace's face and then hit a full Nelson bomb on Alicia for the win. I like that the younger, bigger talent went over. The other women are established already. And I want to see Jordan and Savannah Evans wrestle each other. It just makes sense to me. Jordan is powerful and stocky. And Savannah is just a behemoth. Uh, in the best way, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. A behemoth. Behemoth! <laughs> that, was, that was fucked up. Um. The penultimate contest was the tournament final between Martinez and Steeles. Uh, this match, aside from the Diana and Masha Slamovich match, was the best match on the card. Um, Tasha really showed out by... She had a stratisfaction at some point, which was wild. Um, Mercedes went for the OG drop, but Tasha reversed into a victory roll, then hit a big cutter. Uh, <clears throat> Tasha went up top, but Mercedes stopped her and hit the OG drop for the win. Um, Steele showed ring savvy athleticism and furiosity, if that's a word. Mercedes Martinez and impact is a great thing and hopefully a permanent addition to the knockouts division. There we go. There's a picture of Mercedes getting the cup and Gail Kim hugging her. What a wholesome moment. Uh, I hope that Mercedes stays with Impact because, you know, in Impact, you could wrestle other places too, and that would be awesome. The screen went to Veda Scott and Mickey James, the two commentators of the show, and <clears throat> they talked about a... Uh, movement 
I would say it's it is called Tag Me In. And what Tag Me In is basically you use the hashtag Tag Me In United and post a video of uh kind of like a confession of your mental health struggles. Uh, it helps, uh, one of the suicide prevention agencies. Um, there's also t-shirts that you could buy to support this on PWTs, but the video package had so many wrestlers, young, old, uh, indie darlings, legends in the business talking about their various mental health issues. We saw Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, uh, Trish Stratus, Lita, Effie, Moose. I mean, I couldn't even figure out all of the names there, but uh, it was great to see. Uh, and again, this ties into the whole Daphne. This is for Daphne. Um, feel and theme of the show, which was fantastic. Um, the main event was the knockouts tag team championship against from Rosemary and Havoc of Decay against Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood. This match at first I did not, I only understood why it main evented by the end of the match because by no means was this the best match on the show. It was probably like the fourth or the fifth out of nine. Um, it had great character work. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the character work was fantastic, but Madison rain and Tennille Dashwood can wrestle better than this, but because of the gimmick, they're not really doing that. Um, the end came whenever Rosemary and Havoc hit the Russian leg sweep spear combo and rain for the win. Um, but like I said, I didn't understand why this was the last uh, uh, match until after the match showed, we saw a graphic that looked similar to this. The inspiration of Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay are making their debut in Impact October 23rd at Bound for Glory. And I'm very excited because Jesse McKay, I mean, I love Cassie Lee, but Jesse McKay is just, she's too good not to be on television. Uh, not only is she great to look at, but she's, she has personality. Her, her charisma is explosive and it's a disservice to any wrestling fan that she's not on television. At the moment. Uh, so my final thoughts for Impact's Knockouts Knockdown was it was decent, but definitely not as good as NWA Empower from earlier this year. Check out Deonna and Masha and any of the Mercedes matches, especially the final against Tasha Steels. Knockouts Knockdown gets a 6.75 out of 10. Now, you guys may notice that. I rarely go to five out of 10 and below. That's because 
I feel like a show really has to be shit to get those numbers. I I can't hand them out to shows that I kind of enjoyed or enjoyed a bit, enjoyed a, a lot, etc. The show is really going to have to be garbage for me to rate it five or below. So let's get into not that. <laughs> let's get into GCW Fight Club. The first match of Fight Club saw Alex Zane against Ninja Mac. Leo Rush was announced to be there, but we didn't know what he was going to do. And of course, he inserted himself in this match, which was fantastic. Uh, if you know any of these three wrestlers, you know what you're getting. You're going to get fast-paced offense. You're going to get flippy shit. And it did not disappoint. At one point, Ninja Mac did multiple back handsprings over the top into a sunset bomb on Leo Rush, which was insane. Alex Zane hit the crunch wrap supreme on Ninja Mac. And Leo Rush was that close to breaking up the pin, but Alex Zane got it. Um, this, this match was so good. So good. Um, the second match... Joey Janela and Marco Stunt faced Chris Dickinson and Starboy Charlie. Chris Dickinson and Starboy Charlie are a team now because Starboy Charlie tapped out Dickinson. Dickinson gave him respect. Um, Dickinson, uh, when they were last in L.A. for highest in the room, got mugged by Jacob Fatu and Juicy Finale, and Starboy helped him out, and they have a match coming up the next time GCW goes to LA. But uh this match was awesome. Uh Janela and Marco Stunt did really well. Marco was like a bat out of hell at some point, just going crazy and then he hit a missile dropkick to Dickinson that left him on the outside. Uh Janela was doing a uh Death Valley driver on the apron to Starboy Charlie. And Marco Stunt used his back as a launching pad to dive onto Dickinson. At one point, Dickinson and Janela had Charlie and Marco uh, in pile driver setups. And Dickinson and Janela were going, no, don't do it, don't do it. And like threatening that they were going to do it. And they both did. Um, Dickinson had an STF on Janela. Starboy had a sharpshooter on Stunt, but Stunt broke it all up by crawling over and putting Dickinson in a chokehold. Uh, Dickinson at one point launched Marco Stunt onto a standing Janela with a razor's edge, which was insane. And then Starboy followed up with a shooting star press. Ah. <coughs> Charlie hit Marco with a brain buster for the win. Uh, after the match, Janela talked about his and Dickinson's past and how he believes Dickinson is a changed man and that he is going to bring up Starboy Charlie Wright. Uh, he asked for a handshake, and all four of the men shook hands. Um, great match. The third the third uh, match was Jordan Oliver, the East Coast Ace, a.k.a. Big Breakfast, a.k.a. leader of Young Dumb, 
young, dumb, young, dumb, and broke against the silver tooth Satan, teeth Satan, I don't know, Atticus Kogar. Uh, there was a point in the match where Oliver went for a clout cutter. Koger stopped it. Headlock driver, but Oliver stopped it. Koger pushed Oliver into the ref and hit him with a low blow. Uh, then went and then hit the headlock driver, but Oliver kicked out. Atticus went to the top. Oliver springboarded up and hit a clout cutter to the outside through two doors and then got the win. After the match, Oliver shook hands with Atticus and they raised each other's arms. But as soon as Oliver took his eyes off of Atticus, Atticus attacked him and put the skewers in his head. Um, Oliver is back to his winning ways. I like that this is going to be a feud um, because they're two young talents that are rising up. Atticus Kogar, even though I don't like him as a person, he is a damn good wrestler. Um, I heard about the next night at GCW Aftermath where he basically mugged 16-year-old Nick Wayne and Oliver and Young Dumb and Broke stopped it. Ah. So, it's going to keep going. Brett Lauderdale came out for a big announcement. Uh, He talked about setting attendance records. But Matt Cardona came out and interrupted. Uh, You know, he said, fuck McFoley. He is the deathmatch king. He told Brett to get out of his ring and that he was GCW. He said it. he was going to squash Effie. Effie came out with Alley Catch and the match for Cardona's GCW career and the Internet Championship started. This match was very good. Um, Ryder hit oh, Cardona hit the Rough Rider right away, but Effie got out. Um, there was, uh, you know, Effie hit the TKO into the Dragon Sleeper, but Cardona got out. Um, at some point, they were, uh, let's see here. Timmy, Timmy, what are they saying? <laughs> Cardona choked Effie, but Effie liked it and then bit Cardona's nipple and then hit a Northern Light suplex. Uh, Effie hit under the rainbow for two. Cardona replied with a code breaker and a tiger driver. Uh, Cardona hit the ref inadvertently with the title. Effie hit Alley inadvertently. <coughs> Effie hit the rough rider for two because of a fan getting involved. Low blows to Effie by the fan who was masked. It was basically like a motorcycle helmet on their head. Uh, and Cardona hit the Rough Rider off the top for the win. And then we would see who was under that mask. The Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth of GC fucking W, Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green. How do you like that? 
So this means we still have to watch Cardona and GCW, and Effie is no longer the internet champion. This was a good match with a sad outcome. The six-way scramble brought us back from intermission. The participants were Jimmy Lloyd, Dante Leon, Gringo Loco, ASF, Braden Lee, and Calvin Tankman. But before the bell rang, before the bell rang, another person came out. And that person was none other than Thunder fucking Rosa, baby! Woo! Yeah! I was marking the fuck out for Thunder Rosa being in GCW. Um, This match, like all GCW scramble matches, Fucking ruled. Everyone showed out. ASF and Gringo Loco put on a great Lucha Libre display. Tankman was the man that would not go down. Uh, He hit a pop-up spinning back elbow, which was awesome. At one point, everyone was doing dives on the outside, and Thunder Rosa hit a corkscrew plancha to everyone, and it was just wild. She did some great, crazy Lucha Libre stuff too, like a double Lucha arm dra- springboard Lucha arm drag to ASF and Gringo Loco to take them out. Um, Dante Leone, you know what he's going to do. Flip around, hit cutters. It was awesome. Um, ASF really impresses me every time uh, they decide to put him on a show. Um Yeah. Uh, la, 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 la. Lloyd had ASF in a Styles Clash, but Dante came off the top with a crazy dive into a face breaker to Lloyd. Um, Lloyd won with the Whirlwind Pile Driver on ASF. For the win, all participants showed out, and the surprise of Thunder Rosa was awesome. The next match was... The GCW Tag Champions, Mance Warner and Matthew Justice against, and AJ Gray against newcomer to GCW and possibly the most hyped up deathmatch wrestler outside of GCW, Akira, and Alex Cologne and G Raver. This match was basically a bar fight. Uh, Akira really got baptism by fire. They lifted him up. On the outside, and Justice came off the top with a nasty head chair shot. Uh, at one point, Akira had AJ Gray in a pendulum, and Cologne and G Raver hit drop kicks on his face. G Raver, Cologne, and Akira hit stereo suicide dives. There was uh, near the end. There was a lot of there was a total elimination variation to Akira from the tag champs. Then there was a bunch of missed dives, and after Akira's missed dive, Warner hit him with a running knee, and SGC won. Uh, I'm glad to see Akira uh, in GCW finally, but the real story came after the match, where Mance Warner talked about how nobody's fucking with them on the indie scene. No tag team in AEW or working for Vinnie Mac could fuck with them. And out came 
Da, 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 da. The Briscoes, the ROH Pillars, the best tag team other than the Young Bucks to never go to WWE. Uh, I have been talking about how ROH needs to enter the fray of the forbidden door. And I also talked with a friend a couple weeks ago how I would love to see the Briscoes wrestle <laughs> Warner and Justice for the titles. This is going to happen uh, at War Ready, I believe. It's going to be on October 23rd. Jay Briscoe and Justice were just like so ready. Uh, Justice accepted the challenge. Jay Briscoe took the mic and said he loved this shit. They want their fucking shot. He was so excited. He fell off the top rope, but he did it real gracefully like a real professional. Uh, it was just fantastic moment. Uh, I was, I was flipping out. Um, then Lauderdale came out before the, oh no, no, no. One more match. Yo-Yo and Shane Mercer. Okay. This was the sleeper match of the night. It's fucking rolled. Uh, I didn't know Yo-Yo could hang with Shane Mercer, but he did. Mercer started the match off like he did with Art of War Games and threw Yo-Yo into the crowd over the post. Uh, Yo-Yo would rely on his speed and submissions on, on the powerful Shane Mercer. Shane Mercer was just too much for Yo-Yo, where he, he does a thing called Moonsault and Battery, which is a top rope Moonsault power slam, right? While he finished the match, Akira was on his back choking him. And he went to the top, turned Yo-Yo over into a tombstone position, and did the Moonsault and Battery for the win. It was there was a lot of spots in this match that was just kind of mind-boggling. I loved it. Loved it. Lauderdale came out during the setup for Mox and Gage to make the announcement and a video played. You saw a bunch of GCW wrestlers and Lauderdale talk and Lauderdale was saying there's a 10 million GCWs that have come and gone and you're not going to make it. Effie said, "You're too gay." Uh, too dangerous, not a good fit. Your years have passed you. That was Grim Reefer. You got to be a deathmatch wrestler. You're a gimmick. You're too young. That was Oliver. You're a glorified backyard wrestler. That was Janela. You're never going to make it on TV. Words echoed by top GCW stars. Cardona was on it and said, you can't make it on the main roster. Good luck in your future endeavors or something like that. And I was like, oh, shit. Gage said, you're a fucking criminal and a fucking drug addict. SGC, Cardona, Ali Catch, Brett Lauderdale, Jimmy Lloyd, Nick Gage, Jordan Oliver, Chris Dickinson, Grim Reefer, Joey Janela, and Atticus Kogar are all standing in a place where they are going to be on January 23rd, 2022. And that is the fucking Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. And I pray to God that they sell it out. Brett said, for everyone who had said that there's a million GCWs that come and go, fuck you and suck my dick. <laughs> um, so Mick Foley came out to announce Gage and Moxley. Foley had a lot of good things to say and funny stuff. He said once he got around 
the weapons. He had to put a fanny pack on because he got a heart on. Uh, he loved the pop JCW gave him. Uh, he said that he was excited that he got to meet Thunder Rosa finally because she is the true female hardcore icon. Um, he said they called what he and Terry Funk did garbage wrestling, but he said one man's garbage is another man's art. He also said from the bottom of his heart, fuck Matt Cardona. Um, before Emil was down, Emil was done announcing Emil. My bad, buddy. Before Emil was done announcing Moxley, Gage hit him with a bundle of light tubes, immediately busting Mox open. Mox returned the favor and the and Gage and threw Gage over the ropes through a pane of glass. Uh, Mox brought the pizza cutter and started carving Gage the fuck up. Mox then made snow angels and broken glass to the chance of you sick fuck. Gage hit a baseball slide into light tubes into Moxley's face. A lot of pizza cutters, a lot of light tubes, a lot of glass. Gage speared Moxley through glass. The end came when Moxley was up top with Gage and bit Gage's nose, then hit a paradigm shift off the top through a pane of glass for the win. After the match, Moxley left and Gage apologized for losing and told everyone he loved them. He said without their energy, he wouldn't have gotten up five or six different times. He's going to do this until he dies or his body gives out, and he's going to keep doing it as long as they chant MDK. Gage made a promise that he will bring the GCW championship back to its home in GCW. Let's see what the champion looks like. Yes, there was a lot of blood. Uh, Moxley's back was terrible his face right there there's a lot but during the match there was a point where his face you know he was like flared he was like rick flair um same with gage um gcw fight club was an awesome show every match is worth watching and mox Engage lived up to expectations. Mercer and Yo-Yo was the surprise match for me. I didn't expect Yo-Yo to be able to hang, but he proved me wrong. I want more Marco stunt back in GCW. The surprises of Thunder Rosa and the Briscoes had me marking out. GCW Fight Club gets a 10 out of 10 from me. Now, this week on Armbar Audio, uh, we're going to have a new Japan Pro Wrestling watch-along and we got more interviews coming, uh, all kinds of stuff. So wherever you are in the world, whether it's morning, noon, or night, you have a great one, and peace and love to all of you. <laughs>